Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Over the next several weeks, Chris will bring you the top experts in fitness, health, and nutrition in the Your Health is Your Wealth interview series. Christine's mission for the supportive offering is to inspire you to develop the mindset it takes to be fit and healthy for the rest of your lifetime. Listen in and discover why your health is truly your greatest wealth. And now, Christine Carlson. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is the third part of a special series I'm running called Your Health is Your Wealth. And before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably. And if you're driving, just pay attention to the road. This is just meant to be a breathing exercise that brings you into your body and into complete presence. So go ahead and sit comfortably. If you're at home and place your hands on your lap, open palms, sitting upright and take some really deep breaths in in through your nose and as you breathe in, allow your chest and your belly to expand. And as you exhale, just let go of any tension or any anxiety you feel. Just let go and relax. And take another deep breath in and fill your entire body with sunlight, pure golden sunlight, all the way to the tip of your head, to the fingers, to your toes, everywhere. Your whole body just fill every cell with pure sunlight. And as you exhale, let go of any tension, any anxiety that you feel. And in your next breath, breathe in love and fill your whole body with love. And as you exhale, let go of fear. And on your next breath, Place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and just spend a moment in complete gratitude, thinking of something you're just incredibly grateful for. It could be a conversation, it could be a person, it could be a place you visited, anything. And just spend a moment there. Now as you take your next breath in, go ahead and open your eyes. I'm so excited to share this wonderful author and fitness and nutrition expert with you today. I'm sure that you've heard of her. We have JJ Virgin with us, celebrity nutrition and fitness expert. JJ helps clients lose weight fast by breaking free from food intolerances and crush their sugar cravings. She is author of four New York Times bestsellers, JJ Virgin Sugar Impact Diet Cookbook, 150 low sugar recipes to help you lose up to 10 pounds in just two weeks. The Sugar Impact Diet drops seven hidden sugars, lose up to 10 pounds in just two weeks. And the Virgin Diet drops seven foods, lose seven pounds just seven in just seven days. The Virgin Diet Cookbook, 150 easy and delicious recipes to lose weight and feel better fast. JJ is also a frequent blogger at Huffington Post Mind Body Green and other outlets, as well as a popular guest on TV, radio, and in magazines. Hey, JJ, thank you so much for being on. Welcome. Oh, my pleasure. Thrilled to be here. 
Well, you know, I um, don't know if you remember meeting me, but I met you at the Brendan Burchard um, event, I don't know, about four years ago, maybe when you were really just getting off the ground with all of this. Well, and, four years ago would have been, yeah, right when the Virgin Diet was coming out. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think that's right about the time your son had his accident too, right? And yep. Yeah, that all kind of converged for you all at once. But here you are, one of the leading experts and New York Times bestselling author four times since then. So congratulations. Thank you. And And your son <laughs> is doing well? My son is doing amazing, um, especially since they told us to let him die. So, you know, every day is a gift. And wow. he is now showing other people what's possible, especially especially during Brain Injury Awareness Month. I'm, I'm determined to make it brain injury awareness um, all the time because it is one of the biggest issues we have now taking down our our world, especially boys 18 to 24, and most people don't even know how to recognize it. You know, people hit their head and they don't realize that, that you hurt your brain and it can cause all sorts of problems. Wow. Well, congratulations that he is doing so well and that you have such a mission on that. That That's really beautiful. Thank you. Well, um, so I love your work. I'm a big follower of yours. I buy all your books and I read them and I read all of your stuff. I watch, I listen to your podcast and I watch your videos. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm super excited to have you on to talk about sugar because last year I, I, um, I bought your book and I was like, every year I do like a new cleanse. And so I wrote about your book in a blog that I did last year and I, um, I decided that giving up sugar was really, you know, I didn't think I ate that much sugar until I read your book. And then I was like, holy schmazoli, do I eat a lot of sugar? <laughs> you know, so I'd love for you to just talk about, you know, the hidden sugar in people's diets, because that's really dangerous for us, right? I mean, we're just, we're thinking like we're buying yogurt that's Greek yogurt, but it's vanilla flavor. And we're thinking we're doing a really good thing for ourselves, but we're really not, right? Because there's hidden sugar Well, that's sugar really that. the challenge, you know, it's... Uh... We're sitting here and it seems that we're more aware of sugar than ever. We, the conversations out there about it, but we're also eating more sugar than ever. So what's going on? And it turns out, just like you said, it's sneaking into places that you would never expect. So many of these things are the things that are posed as health foods. And that's what makes me really crazy is these are things that you think, oh, it's Greek yogurt. Oh, it's a fat-free salad dressing. Oh, it's a marinara. And then you find out the marinara sauce has more sugar than the same, you know, the same calories of Oreo cookies or that the whole grain bread has a bigger impact on your blood sugar than, than like six sugar cubes. So this is the stuff that needs to get out there because I see people trying so hard yet struggling so much. And I mean, it just the, the key sign of this is just the epidemic that we have with diabetes and prediabetes. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that this is amazing. And, you know, like one of the things that I remember um, that you said was, you know, like using red wine vinegar was better than balsamic vinegar. <laughs> and, well, balsamic vinegar syrup. And Boy, I'll say that in a crowd and it's just people are like, oh, no, but it is. It's a syrup. And, and unfortunately, it's not even a good syrup. Like it's in Europe, if you did it, it's very different than the product we get here, which is this caramelized, you know, additive. Ugh. But um, it is this syrupy stuff, which is why I honestly have never liked it. 
because it's thicker and heavy and just taste the difference between that and a little red wine vinegar and it's, you know, night and day. But what I love about that is what a simple swap, you yeah. know? So instead of having extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar, just have extra virgin olive oil and red wine vinegar or white wine vinegar. You can add in a little bit of fresh herbs, some sea salt. You could add in some gluten-free Dijon mustard. You're not going to miss it, right? And that's right. the key thing is it's really about creating awareness around all of these things. So instead of doing the marinara sauce with the added high fructose corn syrup, just have some crushed tomatoes with fresh basil and some olive oil. You won't miss it. In fact, the stuff tastes better and you usually save money too. And that's, that's the best part of all. Yeah, I love that. Um, so let's say we do like, we go on a sugar cleanse. Like we just, we, we read your book, The Sugar Impact Diet, and we take all the hidden sugars out. What, what is that going to do for us? Like physiologically? Okay, now. What I want to really put, point out here is that it's not just about taking hidden sugars out. It's not about added sugars because all carbohydrates except for fiber turn to sugar. It's just a matter of how quickly these happen. What you want to do is you want to eat a diet that's rich in healthy fats, got clean, lean protein, and loads of fiber, which basically means that you're going to have a very slow blood sugar response from the food. It's not about eating no sugar. It's not about eating no carbs. It's about choosing the right ones. Because if you're eating a diet that's higher in carbohydrates that turn quickly to sugar or sugar, because sugar is going to sugar when you eat it, it's sugar, but carbohydrates are going to turn to sugar unless they're fiber. If you're eating that way, you're driving up blood sugar. And if you're driving up blood sugar, you're driving up insulin. And if insulin's up, it's, it's pro-inflammatory. And over time, your insulin receptors they get burned out from hearing the message. Your pancreas can't deliver enough insulin to keep blood sugar low and you burn it out and you become diabetic. All along the way though, a lot of other problems happen because of that. Your triglycerides go up, your your small dense LDL goes up, you start becoming at risk, you might become more more estrogen dominant, higher risk for cancer. So a whole lot of other problems. I mean if you look at at higher sugar impact, I'll define what that means in a minute, it puts you at risk for like three hundred major diseases, everything from osteoporosis and osteoarthritis to dementia to cancer to heart disease to diabetes to you know gas and bloating and brain fog I mean it's just all sorts of things from diseases to just you know icky conditions you don't really want to have like you know acne but the challenge is we've been looking at it wrong and so you look at it and go okay I'm not going to eat any added sugar well but what about juice Juice is all sugar. That's all it is. So, and what about said, fruit? Is yeah. Fruit, if you, is, so we'll go to fruit. Okay. So say, hold that question. Okay. <laughs> but so it's not just about added sugar. It's about choosing lower sugar impact foods. And so what I looked at is I went. I wrote the Virgin Diet, and I had the biggest questions I got from that program were not about getting the gluten out or the dairy out. It was about sugar, and it seemed that people were either confused by it or they just couldn't get past it. They were like, I can't let go of the sugar because sugar is our number one recreational drug, right? Right. So, you know, I started looking and I went, well, there's a lot of problems here. Number one, you don't just quit sugar cold turkey. You've got to taper off of it. But number two, People think they're getting the sugar out of their diet, but they're not. They're either creating an even bigger problem by going to artificial sweeteners, which are worse than sugar. So there's one issue. Or they're trying to eat healthy, but they're doing things like a fruit juice sweetened yogurt, right? Or they're adding agave into something because someone said it was a healthy sweetener and they're creating problems. So I said, no, let's, let's 
create a new framework for looking at sugar because we've been looking at it all wrong, where we've got to look at how much does a food raise your blood sugar and insulin, not just your blood sugar, but also your insulin. And that will pull in something like some of these artificial sweeteners that we know can actually raise insulin. And also we have to look at fructose independent of that because fructose doesn't raise blood sugar because the only organ that metabolizes it is the, or is the uh, liver. So it goes straight to the liver without raising blood sugar. And generally in there, it's going to start making fat. I mean, ideally it would turn into a stored energy as glycogen, but there's not much room there. So it's becoming fat. And that's why we hear about kids now having fatty liver. And we have this whole new condition of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. It shouldn't, that shouldn't exist. Oh, and wow. that is due to fructose. So you got to look at fructose independently of carbohydrates and sugars as a way worse food. It is the the worst of all, which is why agave is so bad. And then you want to temper that with, with fiber and nutrient density. And that's why something like apple juice is problematic. It's actually got more fructose than a soda. But an apple isn't because it's got the fiber in right. it. So that's where fruit comes in. Now, fruit is not a free food. And one of the challenges, one of the many challenges I have with our, now I think it's called my plate, the food guide pyramid has turned into, is the fact that the food guide pyramid puts fruits and vegetables in the same category and puts non-starchy vegetables and starchy vegetables in that same category. So if you look at the my plate, it says you should have five servings a day, I think it is, of Let's see. I'm, I think it's five servings a day of fruits and vegetables. Well, it is, yeah. Okay. Here's the challenge. That five servings could be raisins or broccoli. It could be apple juice. And they're right? not even the or same pear. thing. Okay. Now, if you let someone choose between a French fry, broccoli, or, <laughs> or apple juice, or a banana, what are they picking? They're not picking the broccoli. They're not picking the broccoli. So it makes me nuts because you cannot combine starchy vegetables with non-starchy vegetables. They're not the same things. We need to be eating, I tell people 10 servings, but at least five servings of non-starchy vegetables a day, hopefully 10. And you should really limit your fruit to one to two servings a day. And there's parts of my program where I take fruit intake down to zero, except for the non-fruity fruits like tomatoes and avocado. Because Fruit, too much fruit gives you too much fructose, and too much fructose gives you too much fat, raises your triglycerides, can lead to insulin resistance and diabetes. So fruit is something you want to be careful with, and you want to stay absolutely away from dried fruit and from juice. Dried fruit is candy. That's what it is. It's candy. Yeah, it's all sugar. And juice is soda. Soda. You know, I mean, you unwrap the fruit, you just left the sugar, and then you're giving it to someone. That sounds like a soda to me. The only redeeming thing it has over a soda is that it's still got some of the vitamins in there, but heck, they've got sodas now with vitamins added. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, you just want to stay away from juice and dried fruit. Those are absolutely things. And these juice cleanses and they make me nuts. They just make me crazy. <laughs> you know, are you, are there any healthy sugar substitutes? Yes, there are healthy sugar substitutes, but biggest thing I like people to do is reclaim their sweet sensitivity. One of the challenges with any type of a sugar substitute is that it's keeping you kind of dialed in. It's keeping your ears perked right. up to sweet, right? When you eat sweet, you want more sweet. So ideally, you are getting your taste buds to appreciate the natural sweetness of a blueberry, of cinnamon, of vanilla, and you're starting to eat good, healthy fats and protein and fiber. That's really the trifecta that helps you feel satisfied and have controlled blood sugar so you don't have a crash and go racing for sweets. 
if you do need to get something sweet in, and what I have people do is um, switch over, because my whole my whole program is built on swaps. I know, so I love that. I'm I'm doing the um there's um the seven the seven food swap program on her website www.jjvirgin.com and I'm on day 3 right now. I love it. It's like it, it's great cuz it it teaches you all about all of the um misnomers that we've been told about and I love your style JJ because you're so out there, you know. She's she's very forward about saying, "Hey, you know, this is all marketing. This is wrong, you know, and and it, and that's so great because there's so much that's out there that, you know, I remember like when we we thought soy was really good for us, and so we were feeding our kids soy and oh, doing all this oh my gosh. soy stuff. So I know, yeah. and now and then they, and then you find out it's not good for you. But but that's that's what the American public has always relied on, and unfortunately, it's so much marketing, right? Well, you just gotta find. So there's two things you want to look at, the dollar and the and the science. I mean, the, the challenge is, and I'm not saying, hey, we all have to make money. I, I do. I am absolutely, I'm a businesswoman. It's, you know, I'd love to be able to do all of this straight as a charity, but I have to feed my kids as we all do. So, you know, let's, let's call it what it is. But if you look at, like, what's happened, the Internet's changed everything for us because it used to be, and I know this from doing tons of TV, I was actually – had a primetime pilot that I was on for ABC, and I kept thinking as we were taping it, and I was holding up these Oreo cookies and telling this kid that he couldn't keep eating them, that they were a drug and his drug of choice. I'm like, how is this ever going to get on TV, <laughs> right? <laughs> the, the advertisers are never going to let this go. you know. So that's one of the challenges you have on um, regular TV as opposed to, say, public television, is that advertisers really – rule that and you can't really do much there. I remember when I was on a big show for the Virgin Diet and I went on everything that's wrong with dairy and then I had to record a voiceover to kind of make it okay because they were like, oh my gosh, our, you know, our, but the milk advisory board is going to have a fit and the dairy council and blah, blah. I'm like, oh great. Okay. So, you know, you always have that issue when you are going out into the media that you don't have when you or on the internet, the challenge with the internet is that you can also say anything. So you still must always follow the science. But if you go back to the science, the science shows that artificial sweeteners can can raise insulin. They have put you at a higher risk for diabetes. They affect your gut microbiome. They make you glucose intolerant. They can make you have calorie dysregulation. They can make you crave more sweet, right? It's all out there. Like all of the science is there. And so the bottom line is you don't need 10 studies to show that if you eat fructose, it's going to um, make fat because the science is there to show you that that's what it has to do. I mean, that's it's going to the liver, and if it can't convert to glucose and get stored as glycogen because there's not much space there, if it's already full, it's full, it's going to turn into fat. So it's most likely, if you're using gave as your sweetener because you heard it was healthier, you're making more fat. Your triglycerides will go up. You become more insulin resistant, which means you're even better at storing fat. And the more fructose you eat, the better you get at making more fat too, which is really unfair. So anyway, back to, um, back to sweeteners, but there are, cause there are a couple sweeteners that I do think have some merit and they actually can be good for you. I just want to emphasize that what you really want to do is retrain your taste buds to appreciate natural sweetness of like berries or vanilla or cinnamon. I especially love cinnamon because it balances blood sugar or vanilla because it raises serotonin. So these are key. And that you like savory and spicy, right? So it's not just that you dulled yeah. your taste buds, sweeter and sweeter and sweeter foods. 
But again, I build my whole program on um, tapering and on swaps. And I've, I've worked with thousands and thousands of people personally. So, you know, I mean, you, you got to do what's going to work and meet people where they are. And if someone's used to having a sweetener in their coffee in the morning and just say, okay, no more. They're, you know, they're not, they're, they're not going to listen. They're going to do it anyway. So let's give you something that will work. So things that I like are erythritol or xylitol. Those are both sugar alcohols or stevia or monk fruit. Oh, and good. the cool thing with stevia and monk fruit is they both have like health benefits to them. Oh, so, good. and they keep finding more health benefits. But again, I want you to also focus on tapering those down and using the least amount that you possibly need to use. Well, when I, um, when I'm really like, you know, cutting sugar out and just, you know, even like all wine, everything, um, and I need something, I buy this one chocolate, it's called Lily's. Have you run into it? It's made with stevia. Yep. I love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. We've been working on, um, I actually have bars that are, um, sugar-free dark chocolate. So. Oh, you do? Yes. I have dark chocolate, um, coconut Oh yeah, bars literally taste like a um, mound style bar, and then I have a dark chocolate mint, and we're working on a couple other ones too oh, nice. that are just amazing because you can do dark chocolate's great. So it's just the challenge is people don't get high enough cacao content, then they're getting a lot of sugar. So, right. So you just you know, buy like really high quality and and look at the cacao content. Yeah, I actually have, this is a pretty funny story, I have these big chunks of dark chocolate in my pantry right now because I am working on a new product. And so my manufacturer said, oh gosh, you're going to die over this dark chocolate, it's got no sugar, it's just amazing. So he sends it to me, and for some reason he sent it to me, I was on the road, so he sends it to me, I'm in Arizona, and now I have to go home. And I don't even think about it, I just think I'm not going to pack it in my suitcase, I'm going to pack it on my carry-on because I don't want it to melt, right? Right. How about <laughs> But I mean, this is, this is like a ton of chocolate. He sent me I, probably five pounds. I mean, these big, big blocks of chocolate. I literally, we're all trying to eat it at the hotel and I'm slamming it against the tables and trying, going, what do I have? Like, I don't have anything I can bang this with. So now I've got it in my suitcase and I'm going through security. Well, it turns out that big blocks of dark chocolate I mean, and these are big chunks, right? Look mm -hmm. exactly like explosives. Oh, no. I know. So I ended up like 20 <laughs> minutes in this, like, it's segregated off to a corner while the explosive specialist in <laughs> the black vest and the gun and everything else. I'm oh, like, my God. And <laughs> you're like, no, really, it's chocolate. Taste it. It's chocolate. <laughs> But it probably tasted more like an explosive if it doesn't have any sweetener in it. <laughs> no, it's delicious. You would never know. Really? I mean, the stuff that you cannot tell. Yeah, you cannot tell. It's absolutely delicious. Wow. So, yeah, there are some amazing dark chocolates out there that either have, you know, none or very, very little sweetener in them. And you want to get the highest cacao content you can because that's where you get all those great polyphenols that are great for your health. And, you know, I also throw raw cacao nibs in my shakes because you're just getting loads of fiber and healthy fats. So it's, that is a great superfood. Great. Okay. Great, great. So, so I have a question for you. Tell us a JJ Virgin day for eating. What do you eat during a day? So typical for me, every single day, I start the day with a shake. A shake. Every day. I, yes. Every day. So oh, that is just, 
you know, I've been doing that for 20 plus years. I travel with the Nutribullet. So wherever I am, I am starting the day with a shake. And I use my shake mix, obviously. So I have chocolate or vanilla or chai. And I, I'm always mixing it up so that it's different. And um, I have little coconut and almond milks that I travel with. And then in I the use little boxes. avocado. And, yes, in yeah. little boxes. And actually, when So Delicious was phasing them out at one point, they sent me all of their supplies. So I have a ton <laughs> of them. I was like, okay, I guess... I'm, I'm starting to run out, so we need more. But um, <laughs> if I'm trapped somewhere where I can't carry it all, you know, I always know where Whole Foods is. So then I get some spinach and avocados and literally my shake every morning. I always have half an avocado and some spinach or kale. And then depending on what else I'm doing, I throw in my shake mix and some extra fiber. And I might throw in some chia seeds or some cherries or some berries. Um, just depends on my mood. Sometimes I do them with fruit. Sometimes I don't. Um, but every single day I have a shake. I always do. And sometimes I have a second shake for breakfast or, or for lunch and dinner. If I'm, um, you know, like flying and getting into a hotel late or something like that. And I don't want to eat a big dinner at night. Then I'll do that. I always keep a bar with me. I have these chocolate mint all-in-one protein bars that I love that are part of my line. So I always have those with me. So I never get stuck, especially when I'm traveling, but typical for me, like last night we had, um, lamb and I made this sauteed asparagus with pumpkin seeds. Yum. And then we had this volcanic rice that was this, um, red rice with something else that I made with chicken broth. So that was last night's dinner. And then yesterday I had an arugula and spinach salad with a little bit of, um, I had chicken and walnuts and then olive oil and red wine vinegar. So those are super common things is we always have clean protein around that we've made. And then we always have a bunch of vegetables around in general. We'll have some beans or some wild rice or something in the fridge or some squash and we throw things together. Well, that sounds wonderful. Thanks for answering that question because I think, you know, looking at you, you look amazing always. And I think people are always wondering, what did, does she eat? And it sounds like you eat just really, really well. Oh, gosh. We, I like I eat a ton. I, today for lunch, I had more arugula and spinach salad. That's so good. And I had a little bit of carne asada. And um, I think I put some sunflower seeds and, and again, more salad dressing on there. No, me macadamia nuts it's like I always have nuts in the and you have a lot of uh, these recipes in your books right yes I have well, two cookbooks and then I have more recipes in the other books then we have more recipes on my website and I'm always making stuff up you know the biggest challenge I had and I hired some chefs to help me because I never measure anything so it is super difficult yeah <laughs> to just write to duplicate right you know, you know measure I'm just like okay I just throw everything in it's like intuitive it cooking <laughs> It's totally interesting. And I've been cooking my whole life. Um, and it's funny because my adopted mom would make these horrible, she's from the Midwest. So she would make these casseroles growing up that like Campbell's mushroom, cream of mushroom soup with noodles with literally, uh, with, with tuna fish, canned tuna fish. I'm kidding you not. This is what it was. <laughs> and then, and, and peas and pearl onions and then chopped up either, either crushed potato chips or crushed, um, those, Dirty onions. That oh, are yeah, all, yeah. Those little yeah, fried, fried those, onions. Ew, those fried things. So <laughs> that was the kind of stuff that I was raised on. And I was like, oh, you know. 
So it was out of survival that I started doing these things. But I've always liked pretty clean, simple food. I don't like big, fussy stuff. And I think it's really pretty simple. You just get to always start with good, clean protein. I have a whole freezer in my garage of just great wild fish from my buddies at Vital Choice and grass-fed beef and lamb. So I always can grab stuff out there just to defrost. And then we always get fresh vegetables. And then, you know, some kind of slow, low carb like wild rice or um, love, I love squashes. Those are one of the best things ever, like kabocha squash or butternut squash or some beans. I mean, that's it. Simple. It's like not hard. Isn't that like the difference between most of Europe and the way America eats is like America just eats much closer to the land and... And then we don't like we eat all this processed stuff and and feed our kids so much processed stuff, but they don't do that over there as much. Uh, no, nope. I was just I was just over there again, and um, you know when I'm over there, I just I can do dairy, I can do gluten, and nothing. Hurts. I know, I know. And always amazed because you know if I do that here, I'm in pain and agony in five minutes. So I know. And the other thing is just incredible. that when you're over there, you just like it's like. You're drinking wine. You're eating all this food, and and it's like I don't gain any weight. But if I no, if I did that here, I'd be like a hundred and I don't know how much. Like it'd be crazy. We'll so. All the obesogens in our food. So it's I mean you know it's toxins and GMOs and added sugar. It yeah. does bad things to us. <laughs> yeah. So I I love that. Like one of the things um, you know that's that's what I do with my diet too is just keep it super simple and keep it really whole and. I just don't buy packaged stuff, you know, I just buy fresh food and it, you know, it looks like I'm a vegetarian, but I'm not because I'm like you, I eat all the lean proteins and stuff too. So you're a vegan. They call you vegan. A vegan. There you go. A no. vegan, a paleo vegan. Yeah. But you know, and you know what's cool about all that? It actually is super inexpensive to eat this way. Like the only packages we have is some of these um, wild ricey and bean things, but the other stuff, it's like, you know, there's some crushed tomatoes in my pantry. So we've got like beans, crushed tomatoes and wild rices. And then my bars and, you know, coconut oil and macadamia nut oil and avocado oil and vinegars. And that's like what's in the pantry. That's it, you know, that's and a great. lot of dark chocolate because oh. my boyfriend is crazy over dark chocolate. Crazy. crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, um, while I have you on, I was thinking what I would like to hear from you the most is, you know, it's it's when you get to be this midlife age, you know, around the late forties and early fifties, and you're a woman, and you know, you suddenly your metabolism just does this dive, you know, like this complete dive. What what would you recommend for you know? What are your top three to five best metabolism boosters? Well, the first thing you have to figure out is what's really going on there. Why is it diving? I mean, I'm fifty two, so me too. Um, I'm fifty two too. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so the challenge is I, I can give you some great things that help boost your metabolism, but if you have a thyroid problem, you will just be banging your head against the wall. So, so one true. of the things I would say is, you know, you've got to make sure that your hormones are balanced. So first thing is, you know, make sure that you've got good thyroid function. You really want a TSH of between 0.5 and 1. I still remember, because I'd been teaching this for years, I'd been going around the country teaching this course called Overcoming Weight Loss Resistance, which was all the stuff that can get in the way of you losing weight or cause you to gain weight. And it was a course I developed for doctors. So I went around teaching it. And I knew like what happens when you're under chronic stress and you have adrenal issues and what happens with thyroid problems, what happens with hormone imbalance for sex hormones. So as these things were happening to me, I'm like, oh, there goes that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and 
you know, the day that my thyroid started to go down, I, I knew it right away. And so you always want to clear and make sure that, yes, I'm getting a good night's sleep because poor sleep is going to make you hungry and more insulin resistant and better storing fat. You've got to have good thyroid function. You've, you've got to be managing stress because if you're chronically stressed with poor sleep, you could be doing all the other stuff right and you'll still gain weight. And if you're going through menopause, you know, you want to make sure you've got good adrenal function you're starting, and you're doing what you need to do to do hormonal balance because when your hormones start to go really sideways, that will, can cause some weight gain. Now, in terms of things that help your metabolism, one of the simplest things that we don't do enough of is just drink water. I mean, it's crazy that water, and you hear about it, but, you know, water... Even mild dehydration can raise stress hormones and mild dehydration of like 1%. But just drinking water throughout the day can boost your metabolism, metabolism as much as 300 calories. I mean, wow. it's crazy. So ice cold water throughout the day. Now I mix it up. I drink these Kavita sparkling coconut. Um, they're, they're fermented coconut water. I drink sparkling water, I drink ice cream tea and water. And ice cream tea is another one that I love because it can help your body become more insulin sensitive and can help support fat burning. So ice cream tea and ice water are some of the simple, simple things that you can do. And then giving yourself a good 12-hour overnight fast. So stop eating three hours or so before bed and then eat about an hour or so after you wake up. So if you eat about six, seven o'clock at night, then you're gonna to wanna to eat breakfast no earlier. Let's say you get up at six, 6.30, seven, and you'll eat breakfast between seven and eight. So you wanna give yourself that nice stretch. You don't wanna to go too long without eating in the morning because if you go more than say an hour or so, then you start raising stress hormones and your body will start to eat its eat its own um, muscle. Like So you, you'll start to break down muscle and you don't want to do that. I know with intermittent fasting, they'll have people wait till lunch, which I find with women, you know, we have a much tighter adrenal system and I find that we don't do as well there. But I do think, you know, if you wait an hour, max two in the morning before you have breakfast, so you get your nice overnight fast, it's great. Um, so those those are very, very simple ones. And then, of course, fiber is such a biggie, but not as much for what people realize. I mean, fiber is great because it helps keep your blood sugar stable, which is key. High blood sugar means high insulin, and high insulin is going to mean fat storing, not fat burning. But the other thing that fiber does is feed the good bacteria in the gut. And if you have too much bad bacteria in the gut, you actually extract more calories from the food you eat and store it as fat. Oh. And then a, another simple one is to throw some cayenne in things. Like you can throw cayenne in your chocolate shake in the morning. Oh my gosh, it's delicious, but it also helps boost your metabolism. So spicy foods are little metabolic boosters. Wow. I never thought about that cayenne in my chocolate smoothie. I'm going to try that tomorrow morning. <laughs> It's actually delicious. I remember we were doing, um, every year we do these recipe contests and we'll send it out to the list and we'll go, all right, best recipe wins shakes and um, we'll get all these great recipes and we'll make a recipe guidebook. And someone sent in this chocolate chipotle shake and I'm like, oh, wow. You know? <laughs> like, Yum. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's delicious. So yeah, give that one a go. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know if you've ever had dark chocolate with any little bit of chili pepper, cayenne, or, or Oh, chocolate. yeah, I have. I have bought yeah, some. they're delicious. Yeah, it's really good. You're right. Gives it a little bite. Yeah, I don't know how it would be with a vanilla shake, but it's super yummy in a chocolate shake. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have to try that. Okay, so one other question for you. What about, um, 
You know, one of the things that you always hear, like I talk to my friends and they say, well, I just can't give up my wine. You know, I can't give up my wine. <laughs> How do you feel about wine? I, well, I don't think you need to give up your wine. So I love wine. I grew up right outside. I grew up in Berkeley. So we used to actually skip school and go wine tasting because back then they did not card you. So it was like senior year, you know, yeah. we're off on a Friday wine tasting. It was awesome, except it really wrecked me. Like, you know, you're in college and they're getting wine in a box. I'm like, I don't drink wine in a box. Where's the <laughs> Opus One? Um, you know. Yeah, you started out with the good stuff in Napa, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> not going back. But um, the research actually shows that a little bit of red wine can help you lose weight. That um, that people, well, this is what they they found. And so I kind of have my own idea of why I think this is. But that, that people who drank red wine as opposed to teetotalers tended to be thinner. Now, I think it's also... The habits around that, that they ate more fish, that they, you know, took supplements. Because I think that red wine, as opposed to, say, someone um, maybe doing drinking beer or margaritas, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, going to be a more uh, a healthier eater. Um, but there are some things with red wine. It can help with insulin sensitivity. It can help lower stress. I think when you have a glass of wine at night, it helps you relax. It also takes the place of if you want to have anything sweet, you just have a glass of red wine and call it a night. Um, so I'm a big fan okay. and it's interesting. I have tried several times, you know, cause I go through where I'll do some detox programs that I lead people through. So I go off of it. I never notice one change in my weight on or off wine. Now I'm not drinking bottles of wine. You know, I'm no, you're, you're being very moderate. Like you're, you're yeah, drinking one really glass. good wine yeah. and you want to be careful with wine because it is estrogenic. So you don't go kicking up high levels of wine because it increase your risk of breast cancer, but a little bit of red wine, I think as long as you don't have any, you know, tendencies towards alcoholism, then don't start. But if you don't, I think a little red wine is a good thing. Yeah. It's like part of your diet. Again, it's very European too. I mean, that's the way the Europeans eat. They, they drink, you know, sometimes a little wine at lunch, a little wine at dinner. And it's part of the, it's just part of the meal. We just went to Italy and we were out in the wine country. It's funny. There were eight of us and I think we drank so much wine. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I never felt drunk. I never felt no. hungover. And they were like, well, the wine just has such lower alcohol content. I'm like, oh, because I, I have a buddy who's a winemaker out in Napa. And I'm like, okay, what the heck? How can we drink wine at every meal? And we like all felt great the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's great. So that's, that's so much difference. fun. I'm excited. Oh, so I'm going to be going, taking a group of 20 women to um, Italy in May, and I'm sure we're going to lay down some wine at that retreat. <laughs> I would hope so. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, but oh, wow. Um, well, I just want to say that if you haven't visited JJ on our website, be sure you go there at www dot jjvirgin.com. JJ has um, so much that she offers you on her website. And, you know, JJ, you just offer a lot of value to people. Like, she's always giving stuff away. She's always sending you a gift. And her recipes are amazing. And like I said, I'm, I'm really enjoying this um, seven food swap that she's got on there right now. So be sure you go to her website and download those things. They're, they're great gifts and great value. And you will love her book, The Sugar Impact Diet, Drop Seven Hidden Sugars, Lose Up to 10 Pounds in Just Two Weeks. It is really full of, packed full of information. And, and it's, you know, JJ, you have a great way of writing too. You make it fun. So it's, it's a lot of scientific stuff, but it's also super fun the way JJ writes. So I love that about your writing. 
Thank you. It's my left brain framework of just wanting to make it simple and easy to do, you know? Yeah. So anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. There's always one, one thing that I have found that I always want to get out there because having gone through a really, uh, really difficult time in life when my son was the victim of a hit and run and left for dead in the street. And I literally, as you know, launched my first New York Times bestseller from the ICU and then it's been this journey over the last three and a half years as he's gotten healthier. It made me realize back then that the mission that I had was way bigger than what it started as. And that for so many people, the number one thing holding us back in our life is our health. And I kept thinking when my, my son was in the ICU, wow, if I hadn't walked into this situation at the top of my game health-wise, I, I could never have gotten through what I had to get through with the level of stress and focus because I'm the primary financial support for my kids. Like I had to, I had to do the book and I had to be there for my son all at the same time. There was no like, okay, you know, I, I remember someone posted on my Facebook page, just you know, just take time off from your job. It'll be there when you get back. And I'm like, actually, it, it won't. Actually, because your son probably needed all sorts of, book. yeah, all yeah. sorts of you, additional therapy and all sorts of stuff. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, first of all, I'm the sole financial support. I'd invested everything and then some into this book I'd published. There wasn't, I don't have a job. I run a business. Other people rely on me too. You know, their salaries keep their families fed. And I'm like, well, it really actually doesn't work that way. You know, I was like going, so I knew I didn't have an option. And, you know, I just thank God I was healthy at the time, but I looked and I went, I've got to get people to get into that mindset right now. Cause for so many people it's like, okay, I'll start that tomorrow. And it's like, you, you can't, this is not one you can start tomorrow because you never know when you are going to be called to step up. And you've got to be ready. And so, so many of these things, if you said, that are so easy to do. And I've got so many free resources at my, on my website that's just promise yourself that you will get started now. Just with the littlest thing, because small hinges swing big doors. One thing. And then as that thing gets nailed down, go to the next. And just make sure that every day you're doing something to help yourself get better. Because life is going to throw you this stuff. And you don't actually want it to be easier. Every day is an opportunity for you to get better and you to get stronger. And that's the word that I really want to get out there. That's actually my next book that I'm doing is, is that book and all about what happened when I got through all this with my son and looked back and went, okay, how on earth did I did this? And I realized that, you know, success leaves clues and that there were a lot of things that I'd learned through this experience and through a lot of my experiences in life that, that you can teach so that these things become you know, they don't, they don't take you down so that instead of looking at this, my family's better because of it. My son's better because of it. So is my other son and, and other people can be too. Well, this is one of the reasons why I decided to run this series for my listeners, you know, because, um, it's really true that your health is your greatest wealth and it's because it, it, when it, when push comes to shove and you have to be resilient, I think what you're saying is you want to be a strong, resilient person. And that really does begin a lot in the body. If, you know, people always ask me, JJ, like, how do you prepare for loss? And I always say the only way to prepare for loss is how you live day to day, because there's, the, there's one certainty, and that is that we're all going to experience tough stuff and we're going to experience loss. So I love that, that you ended with that. Thank you so much. You've been wonderful. I'm sure everyone has truly enjoyed this um, interview, and I just am thrilled to have had this time with you. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, everybody. Come back again.
Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Chris invites you to join her for the brand new What Now program, a six-week offering carefully designed to take you on your own unique journey through life-altering transition and lead you to self-discovery and your most vibrant life. Receive access to powerful audio teachings, an in-depth workbook, and deeply valuable insights on passion and joy from a beloved teacher. Visit ChristineCarlson.com to learn more about how you can be part of the What Now program.